Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend, colleague, and the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, have the pleasure to bring into you some things from God's Word. We're so very thankful for you, the audience, who've been with us. Many of you have been with us mm-hmm. from the very beginning, and we appreciate uh, your patience. We appreciate all the things you've done for us. Uh, we have been studying the Sermon on the Mount, very powerful preaching and very powerful teaching, and it has challenged all of us. I think any of us who are honest about this in terms yeah. of the things that the Lord says are necessary in terms of our disposition. Uh, one of the points we've made repeatedly is that the righteousness, Jesus says, that we have as his kingdom citizens must exceed that of the Pharisees. And uh, certainly that goes beyond the outward appearance and outward doing of things to some of the things we talked about even the last podcast. Why do you do the things that you do? Are you doing them for the right reasons? And so uh, we've talked about controlling our anger. We've talked about controlling our lust. We've talked about doing things for the right reason. We're going to talk about praying for the right reason, praying in the right manner. But all of these things deal with our minds and our hearts, and it just underscores for us in God's kingdom just how important it is to have your mind right. That's why we focus so much on studying God's Word, meditating on God's Word. We're careful about the things we expose ourselves to, the music we listen to, the literature we read, the movies we watch. Why? All of this comes from the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so the heart has to be protected, has to be fed, it has to be built up. And so this teaching is certainly doing that. Uh, We're very thankful for our our two deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who are with us every podcast. And we cannot say enough good things about them And just think about all the time that we've spent putting together uh, these lessons. They've been by our side, and they've been there from the very beginning. So we appreciate them, appreciate the sacrifices of their family. I know you probably have a few introductory thoughts on your mind. Well, I think this is episode 93 of of, of our our podcast. So episode 100 (laughs) is just right around the corner. We've got to do something special with that. (laughs) So so, uh, we've enjoyed it. And if you enjoy it, if you enjoy watching or or listening, tell other people about it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that just give us an opportunity to plant that seed in a little bit broader area. We appreciate it. And talking about Mark and Jason, they're they're with us and they're doing the behind the scenes technical part of it. Right. But their work isn't limited to to this. Oh, that's right. When they that's go right. go go home, they that's get right. it. They get it loaded, uploaded, and yeah. sent out, and that's all a that. Great and point. so that's their a great work point. is here with us mm-hmm. while we're recording. But yeah. their work continues even. Even more so. Excellent point. Uh, when they go home, so Amen. we appreciate Amen. it very much. Well, we are still in Matthew chapter six, and as we said a uh, very uh, few minutes ago, we're going to talk about prayer, and uh, who better to learn about prayer than to learn at the feet of Jesus? And so let's do that. We're going to start Matthew chapter six, verse five, and let's read down to verse eight. Matthew chapter six, verse five uh, through eight. And when you pray, the Lord says, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. So, our last podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about doing charitable deeds for the right reasons, and to be careful not to do those things for the praise of men. And the warning was given, if you do those charitable deeds for the praise of men, then that's only the only reward you're going to get. You're not getting a reward from God the Father. This is very similar uh, when he says that, you know, don't be like the hypocrites when they pray. 
And think about what prayer is. Prayer is communication between us and our Heavenly Father, or it could be between us and our Heavenly Father and leading a group of people in their thoughts to our Heavenly Father. But obviously the recipient, the intended recipient of our prayer is our Heavenly Father. But these people, he says, they love to pray when they're standing in the synagogues. They love to pray on the corners of the streets. And here's the key of it, that they may be seen by men. There's the problem. It's just like with the charitable deeds. We're, Jesus is not saying you can't do things charitably in public in front of other people. The key there was don't do it to be seen by men. Same thing here when it comes to prayer. It, it's not wrong to pray in public. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. The point is what is the purpose of the prayer? What's the motivation? What are you trying to do? And obviously to be seen by men uh, really uh, corrupts and perverts what prayer is. We're talking to Almighty God, and our focal point needs to be on Almighty God and being in His presence and having the opportunity to communicate with Him and to take something like that and to turn it into an opportunity to get an attaboy uh, mm -hmm. in order for people to look at us. It's, it's really unseemly and really inappropriate. And so he says, that's a hypocrite. That's a person who's pretending to have this relationship with God, pretending to be close to God, pretending to be communicating with God. And really the suggestion is they're not communicating with God at all. Mm -hmm. They're communicating with their fellow men <laughs> to get this glory. And as was said with the charitable deeds, oh, they're going to get their reward. It's just yeah. not one from God the Father in heaven. Any thoughts on that? Well, I was reading the other day a little bit about prayer and, mm -hmm. and Jewish life in the first century. And the uh, author was making the point that they probably had regular hours of mm -hmm. prayer. We read mm -hmm. about that sometimes mm -hmm. in, the, in the New Testament. We went do. up to the temple at the hour right. of prayer. Yep. And so there would be a call to prayer right. at the hour of prayer. Mm -hmm. And some people just kind of happen to be on the street corner <laughs> at the hour of prayer, a busy street corner where there right. are lots of people. And then here's the call to prayer. And all of a sudden, you know, they're bowing. And, you know, so it's just that, like you said a moment ago, it's just that motive. I want to be seen uh, by men. I want to impress people with my righteousness. Right, right. I want them to see how pious I am. Right. And, you know, it'd be easy to convince ourselves that, well, you know, I'm just being an example. And so you got to be sometimes dig a little deeper than yes. that to see what our true motives are and just make sure that our mo we might be seen by men. Right. But that's not our primary objective. If people see us right. and they follow that example, great. Right. But that's not our objective to be seen by men in order to be praised by them. Absolutely. And those people who have that kind of attitude problem, he says, hey, I say to you, they have their reward, but you and you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, what's the idea there? I'm not doing this for a public display. I'm not doing this for an audience. I'm not caring about what other folks are thinking. This is a communication between me and my father as it should be. And he says, you know what? When you do that, your father, who's the only person who's seeing you on this occasion, he He's going to reward you openly, just like we talked last time, but he's going to reward you when you do your charitable deeds for the right reasons. Now, I said earlier that we would talk about this. This is not a prohibition against praying in public. I could see how somebody might look at this and say, oh, literally, he says, I can only pray when I go into my house and I shut the door. Nobody is there. Nobody can see me. That is not what the Lord is saying at all. In fact, if we look over in John chapter 11, uh, we see that Jesus himself uh, prayed in public. Jesus mm -hmm. himself prayed in public. I don't know if you remember the story of raising Lazarus from the dead. And as Jesus did that, I want to commend to your attention uh, what he said, starting verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man, that would be Lazarus, was lying. Now listen to this. 
And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Not only do we have Jesus who is clearly praying in public, and Jesus would not be doing something that contradicts what he's just talked about back in Matthew chapter 6, but notice he said something. He said, now look, I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. But I said that you've heard me, and I thank you that you heard me, for the benefit of the people who are standing by. Jesus is conscious and aware that he has an audience, and he prays. Obviously, he's praying to his Father, but he also says there's some benefit to these people who are hearing me pray publicly that they may believe that you sent me. And I think that's pretty powerful. If you're going to say you can't pray publicly, this flies in the face of that. Certainly, you can pray publicly. Brother, any comments on that? Well, I think that's right. You know, so what's his motive to bring people to faith that's right. in him as the Son of that's God? Right. And so it's not just to con congratulate him for right. his piety and right. so forth, the way he's talking about in chapter 6 of Matthew. But there, the motive is... I want people to see the relationship that I have with the Father right. and come to believe that I am His Son and that he, that he sent me. Another example I thought of, you might you might have this on your list. I don't know, but 1 Corinthians 14. Ah, yes. You know, yeah. in, mm -hmm. in the assembly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is in the worship assembly. Yep. Yep. Uh, you have people that are, we, we would say, leading in prayer. But mm -hmm. in verse 16, mm -hmm. He says, uh, if you bless in the Spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at, at your, your giving, giving of thanks? thanks. And so yeah, yeah. what you want to do, he says, is you want to pray yeah. in, in a public setting like this. It's right. a worship assembly. Right. But you want to pray so that people can understand you and right. say amen, can amen. give their uh, uh, approval and, and agreement to it. So they are, they are obviously listening right. to you pray, and you're praying so that others can hear. That's right. So... Yeah, it's not a it's not a strict prohibition. Right. You cannot pray so that others can see or, or can hear. We have too many examples That's right. of that being done. But again, it all goes back to motive. It does. I remember, and this is a legitimate uh, example. There was a young Christian at this congregation who had a question about that very question: uh, Can we pray publicly? And I think he was thinking about Matthew chapter six and and that particular admonition about going to your place and and praying privately. And yet the examples we have shown show otherwise. An example that you mentioned at the last podcast also shows otherwise. That's over in Acts chapter 27 when Paul is on his way to Rome as a prisoner. Uh, and in the end, uh, in the midst of uh, the terrible storm they've been in so much so they hadn't eaten for 14 days. And so Paul is trying to encourage them to take some food. Verse 33, And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day you've waited and continue without food and eaten nothing. Uh, therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, listen to this, when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat, and they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And that's the point you made before. He does this in front of everybody. 
Uh, he's not doing it because he wants to be perceived this righteous guy that has a special relationship with God, but he's praying and thanking them, and it actually has the benefit of encouraging them. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds you of Jesus when he says, you know, part of the benefit of me praying so openly is these people might be convinced that you sent me. Well, here, part of the benefit of Paul praying publicly is that these men might be encouraged that, you know, God is with us, and, and he's going to take care of us, and we can take food just like Paul is and follow his example. So we've seen time and time again, Again, it's not where you pray. It's really the attitude with which you pray. And the problem was the people he was pointing out were clearly doing it to put on this ostentatious show, this public display. Look at me. I'm so holy. I'm so righteous. And, And that's completely antithetical to the attitude of humility that those who approach God ought to have when they pray. One of the things that that shows us the example of Paul is, you know, he's he's thankful. Yes. He wants to express his gratitude. That's right. You know, we I know lots of Christians, they, they'll eat, they'll eat in a public place like a restaurant or something and just bow their heads for yeah, a moment. That's right. Just for a moment yes. and, and give a short prayer of, of thanksgiving uh, to, to, to God for their food, which is altogether appropriate. Right, absolutely. And so if people see that, you're, you let your light shine. That's right. That's right. Uh, you don't try to hide your light. You let right. your light shine. But your motive is not, hey, I'm going to pray so that everybody around me see how you know, wonderful I am. Right. But right. we need to be thankful for our food, we thankful do. for the gifts that God's given us. And I know lots of Christians will just take a moment and uh, not be ostentatious about it, but right. just express that gratitude. And, you know, and sometimes, again, it's kind of unintended benefits. You will get people who will come up afterwards who've noticed that you prayed as a family or prayed privately and say, hey, I really appreciate that, or it's good to see that. And again, yeah. you're not doing it for that, but you are praising God, you're thanking God, and sometimes people will notice that, and that's a good thing. And I notice it. I, You know, when we, we go out to eat somewhere, and uh, it's not unusual to see other people at tables, uh-huh. and, and they're bowing their heads and giving thanks, and I appreciate exactly. that. Exactly, I do too. And I'm I encouraged by that, that's and so right. if that has that effect on people, hey, so be it. That's, that's exactly that's a good right. Thing. Amen. Well, we'll try to wrap this thing up as we run out of time. Now, at the end, he does say, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. And so prayer needs to be meaningful. Uh, prayer is communication. It's not a vocabulary test. It's not a memory test. It's not uh, just beautiful poetic phrases that are said without any thought given to the wor- the meaning behind the words vain repetitions. Now, I want to make this point because I think sometimes people will misuse this. He says vain repetitions. He doesn't say repetitions. And I say that because, think about it, there's only so many words in the English vocabulary to express certain concepts, certain ideas. And so, yes, over the course of several years of worshiping with a congregation and listening to various men pray, you're going to hear some of the same phrases. You're going to hear some of the same words. You're going to hear some of the same concepts. That's not necessarily vain repetition, just like standing out in the public place and praying is not necessarily unaccepted. The question is, what is the motive again? Am I having an honest conversation with God through prayer? In the course of that, I may repeat some things that I've said maybe in prior occasions. That's not what he's talking about. Vain is empty, futile. It's not meaningful. It's not, your heart is not in it. You're just going through the motions. You're just putting some words out there, much in the same way as we see these people who are hypocrites standing in the synagogue, standing on the corners. Uh, That's the thing that's being condemned here, not the fact that you may use some of the same phrases over and over again. He, you know, he says, this is what the heathen do. Right. So he's talking about non-Jews. Yeah, that's and a good that. point. And, and that's so, a great point. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that the appeals to the gods were 
full of a lot of more or less babbling. Right, yep. yep. And just meaningless incantations and right. things like that. And look, you're not supposed to do that. That's, right. That, you're supposed to have a meaningful, substantive communication with God. Amen. Now, a good illustration of the fact that he doesn't condemn repetition. In the Garden of Gethsemane, yes. Jesus prays, uh, and then he prays a second time, uh-huh. and again a third time. And in Mark's account, in verse 39, this is Mark 14, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. Yeah, there you and go. So, I like that. And great, so great point. he says that he's saying the same if not exactly the same words, at least the same content yeah. uh, on those on those occasions. I like that. And so he's, you know, he's saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, is an indication of his, you know, just his focus and right. intensity about it, his concern about what's coming up in the next few hours. So it's the it's the emptiness That's right. of the repetition. It's the vanity. Most of us kind of figure out a good way to say something. You know, here's right. an idea that I right. that I, I want to express. And if right. we do it enough, we kind of right. kind of fall into a way of saying it. Right. Uh, and uh, nothing wrong with that That's as long right. as it's 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 what you mean. It's heartfelt. That's exactly. And, you know, we, again, going back to what we said at the very beginning, what is prayer? It's communication with God. And so you got to think about to whom am I speaking? And I think the more that we think about that, the more it's going to cure this heart problem because it is a really awe-inspiring thing to come before the creator of the universe and to be able to communicate with that creator in a way that he says, I will hear you. Just that thought alone ought to breathe into us a certain sobriety about what we're doing and the Mm -hmm. seriousness of it and to put our heart into it. I'm not, if we're thinking about who we're praying to, we're not going to be half-hearted about what we do. So I think if we remember what a blessing prayer is, who is our true audience, right. uh, it will help us to focus our words and our thoughts and our most importantly, our hearts on the right uh, message and who we're talking about. So we, we're going to have a lot more to say in the coming podcast to, about prayer. Prayer is such a critical component of having a close personal relationship with God, and we don't shy away from that. It's often been said that the Bible is the way God communicates with us, Prayer is the way we communicate with God. How do you get close to anybody? You have to communicate. It's a two-way street. We have that two-way street, but unless you're exercising both halves, you're not going to have the relationship with God that he intends for you to have. And I think you've said this. Bob is preaching right now about prayer, and he said this. You know, If you're not where you need to be, check your prayer life. I mean, if you look through the Scriptures, people of God had a rich prayer life, starting with Jesus himself. If there was ever a person that you would say, ah, he doesn't need prayer. He's deity himself. He's been in heaven and Jesus prays all night at times. Yeah, right. And so if the Lord needs a lot of prayer in his life, guess what? We certainly need a lot of prayer in our life. So we'll have a lot more to say about prayer. Any closing comments on that? Just appreciate everybody watching and listening and hope we've said some things that uh, make us think a little bit and examine ourselves and maybe it these words will just move us one step a little bit closer along the way to the way we need to go. Amen. Well, we always want to close out our podcast with a word of prayer, and this one time will be no different. So we ask Brother Bob sure. to lead us in a Absolutely. word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that we have this avenue of prayer. We have this great blessing. Uh, we, we are truly in awe that you would invite us to pray, accept our prayers, hear our prayers, as feeble as we are, as weak as we are, uh, as often as we stumble and do things that are contrary to your will, you still invite us to come before you and express our concerns, express our needs, our desires to you. And you've said you will hear us and you will answer us. And it's, we're, we're amazed just at that possibility. 
we're so thankful that you have made that available to us. And you make it available to us, especially through your son, who is the mediator between us and you. And he's opened up the way for us to come before you and address you as our father, a loving father who will hear from his children and hear about their requests and their needs. Help us, Father, to think about this this blessing, to think about it in a serious way, to understand what it is, and to take advantage of it, not to abuse it or distort it or pervert it in any way, as we've been reading about people did in Jesus' lifetime. They used prayer to bring glory to themselves. Shame on them. May we not fall into that. May we always use it to glorify you, to praise you, to express our dependence upon you, and to express our gratitude for what you've done. Help us, Father, to pray more, to pray more often, more fervently, more earnestly, to follow in the example of Jesus in the way that he prayed. May his prayer practices become ours so that we can draw closer and closer to you as we go through each day toward eternity. Father, continue to bless us with the things we need. Continue to bless us spiritually as well and uh, with the blessings that come to us through Christ. We're so thankful for his gift and what he's done for us. We pray, Father, that we will always have his work, his sacrifice in the forefront of our minds as we go through this life day by day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.